Hello, listeners. Welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you are listening to episode 325 of Sustainable Minimalists, a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, we are discussing all the reasons why our libraries are phenomenal. Specifically, I'm giving you seven free items and services you never knew, perhaps you never knew, you could get from your local library. Now, before we talk about libraries, let's talk about capitalism for a quick minute. Capitalist societies, of course, depend on financial transactions. You pay something, you get something. And here in America in 2022, almost 2023, we are certainly paying. (laughs) We are on board with the financial aspect of the transaction. Many of us subscribe to the latest video streaming service or services, the biggest audiobook subscription. Let's not forget about music streaming. The reality is that all of these financial transactions add up, and they add up in a big way. We're going to put numbers to how exactly they add up later in the show. But I would be remiss if we don't also discuss books. (laughs) Libraries are historically for the paper books. Over 4 billion new books were published in 2021, and the United States book industry made just about $26 billion in revenue in that same year. So the book industry, it's a gigantic industry, and it's so gigantic because you and me are buying books, buying books to keep, despite the fact that we have local libraries and we can borrow them for zero dollars for free. Thanks to libraries, we can get all of this, the videos, the music, the audiobooks, the good old-fashioned paper book without spending money. And here's the thing, we can also get so much more. There are very few places left where we can get something without a financial transaction. At our library, we can get something for nothing. And certainly, of course, you can argue that you are paying for the library's existence through your taxes in part, which you are, but you get my point. Libraries exist wholly outside capitalism's reach, and in my view, that is such a beautiful thing. So on today's show, I am outlining seven goods and services you likely can get from your library for free. But let's chat a little bit more for a hot minute about why exactly libraries should be knocking our socks off. Here we go. Each morning, when public libraries open their doors, they become shelters and learning centers for underserved populations. They provide workspaces for telecommuters. They provide free internet access for those who need it. They offer job and interview training and resume help for those who need it. They play a gigantic role in learning the English language. Libraries offer multilingual books to help English learners master English, and these days, libraries are also expanding their collections of non-English books for inclusivity's sake, which is so amazing. Libraries connect communities in ways that benefit you and me. 
They pool their resources and put them all together under one super welcoming roof. And all of this is lovely, of course, but let's get ideological for a minute. And let's say that the number one reason libraries rock is that they are preservers of truth. They provide free access to education, news, historical resources. And so libraries then help keep the public, the masses, informed with facts, not false truths. So now we're going to move on into my top seven list of goods and services that may likely be offered by your library. I'm not saying that your library, your branch offers all of these. I am saying that it may. So go ahead and ask your local librarian if these services are offered at your branch. The first good, the first digital good you can get at your local library, of course, is audiobooks. Audiobooks are having a moment, are they not? It seems like everybody is on the audiobook bandwagon. If you have a long commute, listen to an audiobook. Taking the dog for a walk, time for another audiobook. And yes, audiobooks are amazing, aren't they? They enable us to digest the information we're looking for while multitasking. It's just like a podcast, right? You can get the information while you're doing something else. Amazing. There is a problem with audiobooks, though, and that is they can get pricey. Audible, an Audible subscription is $14.95 a month or $179 a year. Scribd, another audiobook subscription service, $11.99 a month or $144 per year. Why pay between $144 and $179 a year? For audiobooks, if you can get them for free, most libraries offer Overdrive, which allows for endless access to digital audiobooks, ebooks. It is like a candy store <laughs> for people who love audiobooks. Now, we all know that we could get paper books from our local library, but the prices associated with a book you can hold in your hand also add up. We're talking 17-ish dollars for a new release paperback. We're talking $30 plus for a new release hardcover. No thank you, especially since I have learned in my own life that there is a big difference between a book I'm happy to read and simply must own versus a book I'm happy to read and don't need to own it. I don't need to possess it. Those are the books that I read, I liked, but I'm not going to be reading it a second time. I'm not going to need to reference it in the future. And I say all this as a person who absolutely adores books. I do not need or want to own every book I've ever read. Some books aren't that good, frankly, and others are quite good, but I've already absorbed the information. I've enjoyed the entertainment, so I'm good. <laughs> I am in the habit these days of perusing the New York Times bestseller list and also Goodreads books recommendation. So I pop on the New York Times bestseller list. I read the blurbs. I see what's interesting. And then I open up another tab. It is my library's e-catalog. I type in the books I'm interested in and I place a hold on them. When they come in, they come in. Because the bestseller lists in particular are 
in high demand, all the books everybody wants to read right when they come out. Sometimes I'm number 200, 300 in line. But for me personally, I do not need to read the latest, greatest, the the big in book at that moment. I'm happy to read it a couple months from now. There was only one time in my life where I had to read a book the second it came out. Yes, I stood in line at Barnes & Noble. Anybody want to take a guess what the book was? It was circa, I think, 2005, 2005. Barnes & Noble book came out. I think it was July. Oh, gosh, I remember way too many things about this. It was the seventh Harry Potter book. Yes, I love Harry Potter. And yes, I do still own that exact copy. But for the rest of them, I put them on hold at my local library and I wait. And I'm happy to wait because, again, no financial transaction. Let's move on to number two, videos and music. It used to be that we subscribed to just one streaming service, right? Especially for video, TV and video. It was likely Netflix because Netflix came first. But now in 2022, we don't have just one streaming service. We have multiple because we want to stay in the know. We want to keep our finger on the pulse. So let's talk about money. Let's talk about how much it costs exactly to keep our finger on that pulse. Netflix, you got to have Netflix, $191 a year. HBO Max, because you have to watch White Lotus. Are you not watching White Lotus? Oh my gosh, $119 a year. Disney Plus, we don't want our kids to be bored. Got to get Disney Plus, $95 a year. Apple TV, Ted Lasso, hello, $83 a year. And finally, Hulu. What's on Hulu? The Handmaid's Tale, right? Got to watch The Handmaid's Tale. a year. If you are like many, many Americans and you are subscribed, you are paying for multiple subscription video streaming services, have you ever calculated how much you're actually paying for that entertainment? If you are subscribed to the services that I just laid out, Netflix, HBO Max, Disney+, Apple TV, and Hulu, which by the way, those aren't even all of them, (laughs) but those are just the ones I chose to research for this episode. If you subscribe to all of those, so those five, you're paying $571 a year to keep your finger on the video streaming pulse. Wow. (laughs) Now, that is double wow because you don't have to pay $571 to stay entertained. Most libraries offer Hoopla, which allows you to instantly borrow free digital movies and music with your library card. (laughs) It's like Amazon, Netflix, Spotify, all in one. There's also Canopy, which is a huge video database for download and streaming that many libraries offer. These apps like Canopy, they're not geolocked. So as long as you have an active library account, you have a library card, you can use Canopy anywhere. Now, of course, I'm not saying here that if you cancel all your streaming services, you'll be able to magically stay up to date with the latest and greatest TV shows to binge on. I'm not saying that. (laughs) I am suggesting, however, that we can stay entertained without paying $571.51 per year. 
I'm also saying that if we look into the future, five years, 10 years, what I see is more and more video streaming services on the horizon. And each of these upcoming new and glamorous video subscriptions, they are likely advertising one or two really awesome shows. And if we want to watch the awesome show, we are going to have to pay a decent amount of money to watch it. So do we want to keep our finger on the pulse? The pulse is getting bigger, (laughs) more to watch. Or do we want to maybe step away from it? Just something to think about. And of course, too, I have to say, for those of us who are a bit more old-fashioned with our video and music content, your library likely already has shelves of DVDs and CDs. Maybe they even have VHS tapes, too. I'm not sure about that. But yes, your library already has those as well if going digital is not something you're interested in. Okay, so we're moving on to number three, something your library likely offers, but you didn't know it. And that is foreign language instruction. Okay, so you're going on a fancy trip. You're going to Italy. You need to know a little bit of Italian before you go. Well, maybe you've been seeing ads for Babbel. Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L. Babbel is a language learning subscription service. It offers varied learning opportunities in 12 languages. Italian is one of them. Those varied learning opportunities, of course, come with a price tag just under $90 a year. Perhaps maybe you're also getting heavily targeted because digital marketers know you're going on that trip to Italy for sure. Maybe you're getting targeted for Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages, $95 a year, so quite similar in price to Babbel. My question for you, though, is if you need to learn Italian or you have an interest in learning Turkish or you just want to brush up on your Spanish or French, why pay when your local library likely offers foreign language instruction for $0? There is an amazing library program called Mango Connect. My library offers it. It helps you learn over 40 languages for 0 So check your library before you pay for Babbel, Rosetta Stone, or some other foreign language instruction subscription. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about magazines. I'll see you in a minute. If you've been paying attention, you've likely heard something about gut health and why zoning in on your gut health is so darn important. You need EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. It's a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense because I have a bloating problem, friends. Yes, I do. Inflammation is not my friend. Since taking one capsule a day on an empty stomach with water, I have noticed more energy, improved skin, and here's the big one, reduced bloating. Head to myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and so much more. That's myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. And we're back on today's show. We are discussing 
all the wonderful things that our local libraries likely offer for zero dollars. Before we get into number four on my list, I want to just mention quite quickly that next week on the podcast is Boundaries Week, and I am so excited for it. On Tuesday, I'm bringing you an interview all about setting up gifting boundaries for the people in our lives who will be giving gifts. And then on Thursday, we're talking about personal boundaries, how to maintain them during the stressful holiday season. I'm so excited for next week because boundaries are sexy, so don't miss it. We are moving on to number four on my list of reasons why libraries rock, and we're talking about magazines. Magazine subscriptions are pricey. They're also wasteful because with the exception of very few magazines, like I'm thinking National Geographic for one, with the exception of very few Magazines are made to be thrown in the trash or recycling bin. They are a disposable item, and we do need to start thinking about magazines as such. They're disposable. Now, I am not a big magazine reader, so bear with me. I don't know what magazines people are reading these days. But when I was a kid, my father and his wife subscribed to People Magazine. So I looked up People Magazine. How much is People Magazine? It is $123 per year for the print version. That comes out to just under $2 an issue. Again, why pay $123 when you can pay $0? (laughs) Your favorite magazine is likely available at your local library through the Zinio program. Zinio offers digital magazines. You can read current issues. You can read back issues on any of your devices. I know that a lot of people subscribe to print cooking magazines because they like to rip out recipes, right? I have done this in the past. I am always looking for something new to cook for dinner. I need inspiration. I need dinner inspiration. And so in the past, I've subscribed to Bon Appetit. I've subscribed to Cooking Light because I can just tear out the recipes that look appetizing, right? Why not instead rent the current Bon Appetit issue from your library and then just screenshot the recipes that look interesting to you. You'll save some paper, you'll save some money, and you will be winning at life. (laughs) We're moving on to number five. At your local library, if your library is like mine, you can borrow tools and other household items. Yes. If you have a home maintenance project and you need a specific tool, maybe you need a stud finder, let's say. I don't know why stud finder (laughs) came to mind. I'm sitting in a closet in my basement and there's nails in the wall. So I think that's where the stud finder came to mind. But you need a stud finder. You don't want to pay for one. Check your local library. Maybe they have a tool section. Okay. My library has what they call a library of things. The Library of Things is a collection of non-traditional items that you can borrow for zero dollars. They do have tools. I'm sure they have a stud finder, but they also have other high interest items too, like a Nintendo Switch, (laughs) like an Oculus Quest gaming headset, like a knife sharpener, like a 
digital picture converter. So you add your film to it and it converts it to a digital file. How great would that be if you want to once and for all get rid of the stacks of photos in your home? They also have a garment steamer. The list goes on and on. I could spend hours listing everything in the library of things that my library has. So if you need something, let's take the garment steamer for an example. If you need something like a garment steamer for just one use, it makes so much environmental and financial sense to borrow it from your library or borrow it from a friend, borrow it from something or someone, right? Why spend $30 on a garment steamer when you don't have to? Why waste those planetary resources that went into creating the garment steamer when you know that that garment steamer is likely just going to be used less than five times and it's going to sit in the closet and it is going to collect dust? I know I'm preaching to the choir here, (laughs) but I'm going to keep preaching. We need to stop the purchasing madness. Purchasing should be our last resort, not our go-to action. All right, we're moving on to number six. We're making great progress here. And number six, of course, you likely already know this, but let's get into it a little bit deeper, is museum passes. Many libraries offer museum passes and tickets to local attractions for free or for a hefty discount. These passes, these tickets are great opportunities to explore your community's resources without breaking the bank, right? So I am in the habit every Christmas of giving my children an experience gift. So that I give them five gifts each. One of them is an experience gift. I've talked about this all the time on the show. Go back into the archives if you have no idea what I'm talking about, but an experience gift. Okay. If you are like me and you will be giving an experience gift to your children this year, why not get passes from your library at a steep discount. So here's an example. The Boston Children's Museum here in Boston, it is absolutely amazing. And if you're in town and you have kids, you have to go to the Children's Museum. The Children's Museum is expensive. It's $20 a ticket. So for my family, that would be $80 just to go to the museum. That's not getting to the museum. That's not paying for lunch. It's just going to the museum. That's steep. But my library offers half-price tickets, so why would I pay $80 for this experience if I could pay $40? Same with the Museum of Science. The Boston Museum of Science is world-renowned, but it is $29 a ticket. So why spend $120 when I could pay $60, right? So if you're giving your children an experience gift, first check your local library, see what passes they offer, see if those passes could make a good experience gift this year, and then book your preferred date online, grab your passes, wrap them up, stick them under the tree, and think of me as your kids open their experience gift. So that's museum passes number six. Number seven, okay, so number seven is something I wish I knew of when I was a high school and college student. And for those of you who perhaps are high school or college students, or for those of you who have children who are high school and college aged, this is for you. Libraries often offer an awful lot of resources for the 15 to 22 age group. The first is SAT and ACT prep classes. Gosh, I should have taken those. (laughs) If you don't have 
a ridiculous amount of money to spend for private tutoring? Look no further than your library. Many libraries offer test prep, online test prep, in-person test prep. Oh my goodness, how amazing. And then related is college e-textbooks. Goodness gracious. I wish I knew about e-textbooks from my library when I was in college. I had to pay for my own very expensive textbooks from my own pocket. My parents did not pay for my textbooks. (laughs) College is expensive enough without paying hundreds of dollars for a single book, right? And what course, by the way, has only one textbook associated with it? It seems like all my college courses had like four required reading gigantic textbooks. (laughs) So where am I going with this? I'm just going on a rant. But your library may likely provide free access to eBook Central, which allows you to check out and borrow or perhaps in some cases, fully download college textbooks. You can highlight passages just like you could with a print book. You could even print certain pages. It's amazing. So check it out. That's eBook Central. See if your library has it. So that's my list of seven goods and services you can likely get from your library without paying a cent. But that's not all. (laughs) I recently read The Cat in the Hat to my youngest daughter, and the cat always says, and that's not all. And so that's not all (laughs) that you could get from your library. Some other fun little library extras that I can get at my library is I can apply for a passport. I can get virtual arts and crafts workshops. There is an investment resource center, it's called Morningside, that offers up-to-date financial information on stocks and mutual funds. So if I had some extra money, which I don't, to invest, I could use this service to see where the best place is to put my money. There is assistive technology for those of us with low vision. I was looking at my local library's website, and I thought it was so neat to see they have something called IC. So you could bring in your knitting if you have a knot in your knitting and put it through IC, and you can see what the problem is with the knot and take it out. You could read small print. Just amazing. Some libraries offer sewing machines. My library offers a 3D printer. Uh, when my, uh, some libraries, not my library, I wish, but some libraries offer toys. So a little toy library, you can check out toys for your children. Some libraries also offer in-person librarian services. So if you just want to sit down with a librarian, chat about something, you can book a librarian. The librarian will research a certain subject for you and then sit down with you and talk to you about it. How cool is that? How cool is that? And so I want to hear what your library has. If your library has something amazing that we didn't talk about today, I want to hear about it. You can either email me or even better, leave the show a voicemail. I'm not going to pick up the phone. Don't worry. I'll leave the number in the show notes, but call, leave me a voicemail and I'll add either your email or your voicemail into an upcoming show. How cool would that be? So again, if your library has something awesome, Spread the wealth. Tell us all about it. 
The final words for today is to explore everything that your library has to offer. I'm willing to bet your library offers so much more than just books. Libraries just tend to quietly sit there. Sometimes we overlook them. Let's not overlook our local library. They are made for our benefit. So if you are in the habit of giving to organizations that matter to you at the end of the year, here we are at the end of the year, consider giving to your Friends of the Library program in your town because strengthening your library benefits you and your neighbors and your children and your community as a whole. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't suggest that you consider becoming a recurring member. I did an episode on how to make your giving go further. That was episode number 289 with Sharon Schneider. That was an awesome episode, and I'm going to link to it in the show notes for those of us who missed it or need a reminder. But one thing I learned from Sharon was that being a recurring giver instead of a one-time giver is so much more beneficial for the organization. So I'll add that into the show notes. And one more thing. (laughs) I can't stop talking about libraries. If your library does not offer all the things that we talked about today, but you're thinking to yourself, oh, goodness gracious, I wish we had the opportunity to borrow college textbooks, for example, remember that libraries are partly funded by you. So if you're able, give some money and pair that money with a chat with your librarian about what you'd like to see more of. So two quick reminders. Leave me a voicemail. Tell me about your library. I want to know. And stay tuned for Boundaries Week next week. It's going to be so much fun because boundaries are sexy. Reach out if you need me. Have an amazing weekend. Try not to go too crazy with the holiday hoopla. I'll see you Tuesday and take care.